Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy wherever they get their podcasts. Midweek Motorsport. News, features, special guests, and analysis from the experts. Formula One, sports car and endurance racing, rallying, touring cars and bikes. If it has wheels and an engine, and they keep score, it's on Midweek Motorsport. Hello everybody and welcome along at just after 8 o'clock on a Wednesday. Uh, it is the, it's the 22nd today, isn't it? Heavens, where's the year gone? 22nd of September, just after 8 o'clock in the UK. And it is a Series 16 episode 37, would you believe, of Midweek Motorsport in 2021. Up in London is our executive producer, Tim Gray. He's back with us tonight. Good evening, Tim. How are you? I'm very well. Do you remember last night? Last night? Yes. What happened last night? Do you remember the 21st night of September? The 20... Uh, I, I remember guesses. when it first started in September. What happened on the 21st of September? Last night of September. Oh, okay, yes, okay. So that was... Uh, all that I have was him singing in the background. Love for changing the mind of pretenders, John. Yeah, taking right. the clouds away. Yeah, okay. What a shame we couldn't be on that night so that you could have played that. Um, Nick will It'll be back with us soon enough. I'm sure. I'm sure it will. Uh, on a packed program tonight, we have what? Tim? Uh, we have all the usual features. Uh, we have some news. We have a pointless press release of the week. Oh, do uh, we? Yes. We might have some news in Spanish. I haven't uh, checked that uh, recently. We've got a big interview. We have a special guest as well, uh, and we'll be joined by Shay Adam and Nick Damon, who you've already heard from. Yes, but only because we needed him to remind us of Earth, Wind and Fire uh, there. Uh, on uh, on Spectatainment, we already have some... Uh, some What's the word? I'm not, uh, my brain has gone to sleep today. Tweets? Um, it's, uh, uh, submissions was the word I was looking for. Hello to Stephen. Hello to the Colonel. No AFAs tonight. Uh, Roma uh, Gorjan ri- rising higher and higher each week in IndyCar. But surely Colton Herter, he says, must be a, an F1 prospect soon. He's doing quite well nicely in IndyCar. I'm not sure he wants to go to the shark pool that is Formula One. Uh, hello to... Rob Chalmers, AFAs tonight as the Team Bonato boys are trying to get our Acuri Escot team up the third in the Three Sisters TE120 Championship uh, race at the final tonight. Now, when they're up at Three Sisters at Wigan, which is in the northwest of England, it, it does mean that we've got live timing. And the number 18 card, Akuri E. Scott, is leading at the moment by just eight tenths of a second, just to prove we're live with an hour and a half of their two-hour race to go. Excellent. 
Rob will be listening to this afterwards and thinking, he really did log in. Yes, we did. Of course we did. Uh, Daniel Summersgill is listening to the podcast in the morning, slightly concerned about what went on in the BTC meeting at Croft. Tyre stacks and traffic cones defining track limits. JCBs and Marshall in the line of fire at Clairvaux without a safety car on truck. Shouldn't be heading in 2021. Well, if drivers observed double waved yellows, then things would be a lot easier. But I don't necessarily disagree with you, uh, Daniel, about part of that. Uh, EFAs for Kevin Payne. Chelsea tonight. He is at Stamford Beach supporting Aston Villa for the, what he calls the Milk Cup match, which is now the Carabao Cup, I'm fairly certain. Get in win last night for the SAFC. Get in the Black Cats. Uh, listening live tonight, James O'Donnell with a nice glass of rum. Must try some Cayman Islands rum. Any suggestions? Add Specutainment. We had plenty of uh, suggestions for our food for the Cayman Islands. Cayman Islands must have some rum. Let's have it. Add Specutainment. Neil Gardner, looking forward tonight. Had a tough day. Neil, hope you're feeling a bit better. I'm doodling. And he's only here for the oversteer, Jerry Marshall and Baby Bertha, which is already looking fantastic, Neil. Great work, as ever. Um, NG Auto Art, if you want to have a look at some of Neil's bits and pieces. No airfares for Jonathan Main tonight. First time listening live for a few weeks, still recovering from the revival at weekend. Uh, airfares for the first 30 minutes tonight. Shift at the hospital for Eric Orfordal. But I'll be unwinding after that. Good to hear, Eric, and thank you for your, all your hard work. Chris Suku, AF, no airfares tonight, chilling out while listening in, and cheers. Is there an adult beverage involved there? I think there might be. Right Turn Lover is tuning in, no airfares tonight. RTL, nice to know. Uh, hope your significant uh, family member is, is well. Listening in, still wondering how Russian athletes are banned, but a Russian GP isn't a problem, says Otter FR. Hello to Blur Fiend, listening live. Looking forward to the Max and Lewis saga continuing this weekend at Sochi. Sorry, let's go Matt back Hunter. Sorry? How, how, why would you ban the race? They're not going to dope the tarmac or anything, are they? Don't get me started. Uh, Matt Hunter is fully ensconced in the Matt Cave, listening in and getting ready for an extra show tonight as Matt and Jordan will be doing a Simcast special on the Virtual Le Mans series opening this weekend. That'll follow us tonight just after 10 o'clock. Patrick Drons listening in. Alexander Orkin is listening as well. Uh, just finishing a spag ball made by uh, Phoebe. Sounds like it'll be excellent. Jill's Outley Bridge sliding in for 8 o'clock. Apologies for absence for the last few weeks. Not a problem, Jill's. And Alan Prosser, correspondence is perhaps the word you were looking for. I think you may be right. And Sarah Rigby has just got home from work in plenty of time. There will be some Aston Martin news in the Cayman Islands sports car news tonight. But our top news comes from... Well, I don't know. I never know. Shuffle your papers, Tim, and tell us... After the jingle, what the top story is. All the latest motorsport news from around the world. Midweek Motorsport. Uh, well, for our top story, I think uh, we need to bring in Shay Adam. Hello, Shay. 
Hello. <laughs> She's just on a hot key for that. You know that. Hello. Hello. Shay and I have something in common because we both enjoy uh, when entry lists are released, uh, looking through them uh, for little tidbits that make us think, ooh, what's that doing there? Or what's mm. he doing there? Or what's she doing there? And uh, True story. <laughs> you can't deny it. And that's happened this week uh, with the entry list for this weekend's round of the Nürburgring Langstrecherserie, which, of course, you can hear and see live at uh, radio-show.co.uk on a Saturday from 10.15 UK time, uh, with a race start of 11, uh, because there was a works Aston Martin GT3 on that entry list, show. <laughs> They stayed away for three years, but they had to come back to the Nürburgring. And uh, Maxine Martin and Nikki Team, being the two lucky drivers chosen to drive the Aston Martin Vantage. Uh, both of those guys have experience around the ring this year. Team in an Audi, and was it Martin? He was in a, a Falcon Tire or something, wasn't it? Porsche earlier this year for the long race? Stop, stop. Aston Martin don't have a works. Uh, sports car team anymore share they they gave that up when they went into formula one what's going on here do we read anything into this well i would hope so because we love having aston martin works teams and to be perfectly honest the the team that paul Dallalana was a part of this year was entered as aston martin racing in the gtem class at le mans and their clothes boy they sure looked familiar didn't they john mm, they did they absolutely did uh, in the sp9 category which is the top sp3 category uh, david king um our friend and colleague from aston martin lagonda and from aston martin racing and and what the chief engineer at aston Aston Martin, uh, effectively, ha- has made no secret share down through the years of the fact that Aston Martin needs to win the Nürburgring 24. Are we back? I am hoping that we are back on track for them doing it. We've not seen this new version of the GT3 uh, at, at, at the Nürburgring yet. Correct. And it's been, as I said, three years since we last had a factory effort from that make at the Nürburgring. It's going to be a very interesting effort, one that we're all going to be keeping a more than cautious eye on, because, of course, they didn't exactly bring two guys who aren't good at the ring and who aren't good in Aston Martins either. They're there to win this race. Are they there to win this race or are they there to give the organisers of the Nürburgring 24 hours next year uh, an opportunity to do some BOP on the car. Ooh. Ah, I think you're right on that too, Tim. But if they win the race, it's it's all fun. I think that's a very good observation, Mr. Greer. Very good. Very good indeed. Um, as I say, there's, there's no doubt that they want to come back. This is an opportunity, share for them to get that car out there and for potential customers who maybe haven't considered it yet for the Nürburgring 24 to to see how it can perform. Yeah, it's the best advertising you can do. And particularly if they have a strong run, that wouldn't give them the best standing for BOP necessarily for next year, because then perhaps the organizers would look at that a bit more strictly. But it certainly would sell some cars to anybody who's looking to win the race. 
So we've started the show tonight with some Visit Cayman Island sports car news. And whilst we've got Shea with us, do we stay with that, Tim? Or we do you are. want to more, swerve around a more bit? More Visit Cayman Island sportsman uh, sports Excellent. news. I've just got one more point about uh, never going 24 hours, of course. Uh, Aston Martin GT3s may have been away for a while, but we haven't seen GT4s there, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yeah, we have. Do we think that... Uh, customer GT3s might replace customer GT4s with teams who are generally loyal to Aston Martin wanting a bigger car or will they stick can I with vo- Can I volunteer as tribute right now? Um, please let me just throw myself onto this. I'd be very happy if there's anything I could do <laughs> I've GT4 experience I-, I need a bit of GT3 experience I am, I'm very happy to do that uh, next, let's uh, move on. What do okay. the following drivers have in common? Bruno I'll, Spengler. I'll yes. Jacques Villeneuve. Okay. Paul Tracy. Mm-hmm. Ron Fellows. Yep. And... And who? Bill Adam. Ooh. Now, so they are all um, notable Canadians, are they not? They're all notable Canadians, yes. And are they then Hall of Fame Canadians? The Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame, yes. Uh, Excellent. Inducted in various points over the last... Uh, 20 years and tonight uh, the Canadian Motorsport Hall of Fame has announced 16 new inductees including one we know very well Shay Jim Martin I am so proud to say that and John a lot of this goes back to the hard work that you put in but our friend and colleague for more years than we can count uh, he's been a, a feature of Canadian Tire Motorsport Park his voice sharing the airwaves over there for longer than I've been alive. Um, it's quite an honor that he's been inducted to this. And I'm so proud for him and his whole family that this award gets uh, posthumously given. It is very kind of you to say what you've said here. I didn't do any of the hard work, Jim uh, and his family put in the hard work. It is a fact that when you dedicate your life to motorsport, your family has to be involved with, that uh, and Trice and the, and the rest of, of the family must be very proud tonight to know that Jim, who was my mentor and my guide when I first went to the American Le Mans series and my first broadcast partner for the first Petit Le Mans that I broadcast in 1998, was uh, such a generous broadcaster. And I say that because it wasn't about how much he knew. He He provided me with the tools that I needed to work in American, North American motorsport. Uh, this from Graham Tyler um, that he's just put up on the on the uh, Radio Show Limited Listeners Collective, that Jim Martin has been included here is richly deserved in the Canadian Motorsport Hall of Fame. As a well-respected colleague, uh, Jim was also a great friend who went out of his way to make things happen for me, for, for Graham, and I would say for me as well, during our time working on the ALMS Radio Web as it was then, 
I'm sure Jim's family would be delighted by this. It's true recognition of his terrific contribution to the sport and industry, which he loved. And we should share, share, not just motorsport, but the automotive side of things. He represented GM. He went to car shows. He was an ambassador, um, along with Tom Natchew, another Canadian great. They were a great double act at various things. They had their own personalities uh, as well. But Jim contributed so much to not just Canadian, but North American motorsport. Yeah, he was a car guy and a racing guy. And we're all better off for having known him, for sure. It, It will feel very odd going to... Canadian Time Motorsport Park the next time that we get there because the last time I was there I saw Jim and talked to him and it'll be very odd for him not to be there. We recognise his dedication and his contribution to motorsport and it, it's a well-deserved honour that he's been inducted uh, along with uh, 15 others into the class of 2021. Yes, uh, very much so. Patrick Carpentier former yep. camp car and IndyCar driver, uh, and uh, finished third in the championship twice. Uh, he's also done a bit of NASCAR. Yeah. Uh, Bertrand Godin. Now, Bertrand Godin is a name I remember from Formula 3000 back in the 1980s. As you would. Uh, indeed. Um, actually, it was early 90s, wasn't it? Um, uh, do you know what Bertrand Godin is up to now? No. No. He's the the uh, police driving instructor at the National oh. Police School of Quebec. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and the, uh, the other name that I wanted to pick out on this list is Howie Scannell. Oh. Uh, who has done a lot of uh, regional NASCAR and uh, jumped out uh, at me from that list uh, Along with uh, John Bondar, Brian Graham, John Graham, Colin Hine, Candy Mitten, Glenn Stars, Bill Zardo Sr., Philippe Brasseur, Claire Deer, Gary Frechette, Franco, Alain Delaplante, and Marco Signoretti. Um, all the best to the family of Jim Martin and indeed all of the in- inductees for the class of 21 of the Canadian Motorsport Hall of Fame. Richly deserved uh, all of that. As we are in our Visit Cayman Islands uh, sports car news, don't forget to enter the competition on the Le Mans 2021 page. We've got some fantastic prizes uh, on there as well. Tim, where would you like to go to next? Staying with sports cars, uh, there Excellent. is one race remaining in this year's Michelin Le Mans Cup, uh, but the title has already been decided. And that has gone to? That has gone to Iron Lynx. Yeah, very good. The Chesna-based team uh, took first and third in the uh, race at Spa on Saturday. Yeah. Um, with a slightly um, different lineup, with uh, Paolo Roberti coming in to replace uh, Gabriele Lancieri at the weekend. Um, but uh, great result for them, and that means that the uh, Michelin Le Mans Cup is sewn up for this year. Uh, we've also decided some of the classes in the European Le Mans series, haven't we, John? Indeed so, and we will have in about 
40 minutes' time, uh, Vonson Voss from W Racing Team, WRT, to talk about the fact that they've cleaned up with a race to go, a round to go, <laughs> the Teams and Drivers Championship uh, for what has been an absolutely unbelievable year. Um, Vonson will join us for our big interview just after, after 9 o'clock UK tonight. Fantastic uh, uh, effort by the team and by Robert Kubica, Ifeye and uh, and also Louis Delatraz in that car. And yes, I will ask him the tough questions. I will. I prom. I promise. Really? Uh, so, uh, I, no, I will. And they're, st- they're, they're still in with a chance of the WEC as well. They're only a point behind the WEC leaders in in uh, in. LMP2 as well with two rounds to go. Yeah, That's to come up later on. WEC racing to go though. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, I'm told, by the way, by the uh, the responsible adult, that we have now added some uh, t-shirts and stickers. We have uh, to the Le Mans 2021 uh, competition for Visit Cayman Islands. So as well as the dready artwork, uh, Le Mans t-shirts and uh, Le Mans stickers. Uh, have been added to that, and it's still open on the LM twenty twenty Le Mans twenty twenty one uh, page, as we are right in the middle of the Visit Cayman Islands sports car news. And nobody's told me about Visit Cayman of Cayman Islands gin yet. I'm I'm very no, up in rum, well or gin. And they might you know, be. I like <laughs> if it's white. You know, I, I like white. I like white spirits. I can do dark spirits as well, but I quite like the, the light spirits. White rum, dark rum, hey. Dark rum, good but, for the good for the throat. The, in Pirates of the Caribbean, John, it's why is the rum always gone, not gin? Ah, okay, okay, that seems reasonable. Seems reasonable. There is uh, a is, uh, company come called on, Cayman Tim, Spirits, is, which uh, is there? I suspect might be uh, the provider you're looking for for all of really? your rum <laughs> needs, <laughs> both white and for, dark. For my for my for my Cayman spirit requisites, is that what you're saying? They, they seem to have. Um, oh, hello. Yes. Oh, hello. Uh, <laughs> Tim's used his time when he wasn't talking wisely to Google Cayman spirits. Have you? So premium rum. Yeah. Uh, is there? Uh, the Seven Fathoms premium rum is their uh, key product. They also have Governor's Reserve rum. That sounds good. And I do like governors everything. And what Gun Bay vodka. I like the sound of that as well. Yes, because I'm not. You're a, a big person. vodka fan, a vodka aren't you? Man, yes. You're a vodka man. Have so you tried? Have you tried our our vodka that we sent down for you yet? Not yet. I don't want to do it while I'm alone. Okay. Just <laughs> not in that. case. No, no, very good. Just taking the <laughs> no, lid off fine. is uh, enough to make me drunk. No, it it's it'll be absolutely fine. But it does have some nice horseradish flavour to it. That, a bit of okay. anyway. Let's move We've on. We've done European sports car news. Let's move on to some uh, IMSA news, Shay. Uh, this weekend, Shay, we are yeah, she is uh, IMSA uh, this weekend with one of their shorter races of the season on the streets of Long Beach. We talked about the uh, we talked about the entry list last week uh, let's let's just quickly refresh everybody's memory about what they'll hear and see this weekend on friday and saturday it it will be of course 
Yeah, we've got 26 cars for this weekend, six in the DPI class, three in the GTLM. Uh, the only notable addition in GTLM is Matthew Jaminet is joining in for his first go at the Long Beach Street course. Uh, so we were wondering if it might be Matty Campbell, but it is Jam Jam instead. And then 17 GTD cars, which means that we have a potential point swing. I think it was 245 points over the course of the weekend if you finish first and get maximum points in qualifying mm. versus finishing last. Um, it basically means that anyone within the top five of the GTD championship, given where anyone else finishes, could come out in the lead with two races to go. We've got a very tight championship as far as that's concerned with Turner Motorsport leading narrowly over FAF leading narrowly over Heart of Racing car number 23, leading narrowly over Paul Miller Racing number one. <laughs> so it is a very uh, fun race to keep an eye on this weekend. But we do have a couple of new cars in that category. And that's where our big story gets to. So GMG Racing, James Safronis has long been associated with that team. They've got a Porsche for this weekend, but they are running two bronze drivers, James Safronis in one of them and Kyle Washington in the other. He's a guy who's very new to racing. He's run in GT America this year in the Porsche, has run on a street course once before in his life. So it's a big learning curve for that team. Uh, we've got happy birthday Colin Brown in a Ferrari this weekend with Scuderia Course uh, and Daniel Mancinelli. That's going to be a fast car to keep an eye on as well. Um, and a new Mercedes for Ogara Motorsport, USRT. Ah. So that is interesting. But this is where my story comes from, because I had been expecting Gilbert Cawthorff to come with their Mercedes and Allegra to come back mm. with their Mercedes. I did a little bit of digging. Turns out they're both testing. Uh, Daniel Morad and Michael De Casada are planning to come back before the end of the season. Whether we'll see them at VIR or Petit Le Mans has yet to be announced, but that Mercedes will make another appearance. The big story, though, that was just announced, I think it was yesterday, Mike Skeen is mm. going to be joining the Gilbert Cawthor for the VIR round. And here's the bigger story. They were testing drivers because they are attempting Petit Le Mans. So oh. earlier this week... A couple of interesting drivers, including one Stephen McAleer, got the opportunity wow. to drive that Mercedes. So we've only got one Mercedes for Long Beach, but it's because the other two are planning bigger things for the future. Okay, shortest race of the season. We've got qualifying in sound and vision for everybody on Friday. Check imsaradio.com for the times in your time zone, it automatically corrects. So I'm not even going to bother trying to do the arithmetic myself. And then we've got the, <laughs> the race on on Sunday. Traditionally, Cher, this is uh, a tough race, but a race that can be influenced by strategy, even though it's a short race. I remember seeing uh, Bill Oberlin in the, in the GT Le Mans BMW getting horribly bumped out earlier on early on in the race but using that to his advantage so early problems is not necessarily a a, a, a note that you're out of out of contention here for sure uh, for the professional classes that's true because the minimum drive time being only five minutes for the two pro classes means you basically need two laps and then you can put your other driver in for the remainder of the race. It's only 30 minutes for GTD. And the tire allotment this weekend means that nobody should be complaining about not having enough sets of tires. But that strategy call does come into play. For the GT classes in particular, when do you make your one pit stop? Or do you take advantage of yellows? Because, hey, it's Long Beach. We're going to have yellows. Uh, and try and play out the strategy better. I'm really interested. The other thing is GTD last ran here in 2017. 
that was on Conti's. So all of the tire strategy, brand new. And you're going to have to rely on what you know from Belle Isle to come into play at Long Beach. They are very different circuits. That is a very, very good point. Um, We'll talk about the uh, IndyCar schedule for next year and a single race at Belle Isle, what that might mean for uh, IMSA in a wee while. Tim, where would you like to go to next? Series 16, episode 37 of Midweek Motorsport. Well, we heard from him earlier, so let's bring back Nick Damon. Can we say goodbye to, to Shea now? We can. What do you need? If you want okay, to. excellent. Shea, thank you very much for being with us in our Visit Cayman Island Sports Car News. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. We'll talk to you on Friday and Saturday. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Bye. Shea Adam uh, joining us live from the USA. And Nick Damon is with us now. And from the introduction, it would seem we might not be doing your first choice of 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 sporting news, Nick. We're not, what, but we, we, are some, we are doing some uh, single seating news. How are we? Mm. Oh, that's always a worry from Tim, isn't it? Right before we before we get onto that, James O'Donnell says, um, "French Antilles rum, SBS single barrelled selection, very good." He said, uh, "If I fall asleep uh, in advance, I apologise." Excellent stuff. I still want some more. Cayman Island rum um, recommendations, please. I'd expect your team. No, think there's more uh, than uh, one distillery on the island. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yes. Have, yes. yes. Come worried. on. Yes. Come on, Tim. Really? Really? That's like how many how many Northern European single-seeker formula are there? There's going to be more than one rum. How many Monopolies and Mergers commissions are there? Well, ex- 112. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, very good. Dave Olcock uh, and Brody. Hello to Brody. Uh, um, uh, a bit of EFAs tonight. He's running uh, a wee bit late, uh, helping various family members. So he's going to be listening to the podcast tomorrow. Um, hope you're all well, uh, Brody. Let us let us know. Um, all right. Where do you want to go with Nicola then? So I've said it's single-seaters. And which single-seater mm. driver uh, says he's not good enough for Formula One at the moment? Oh, blind! That sounds terribly uh, realistic. Uh, Dan ticked him. No, he's he's not. His brain isn't good enough for Formula One. Callum Eilert. Uh, oh no, it's not, not Callum. Callum wants to be in Formula One. Um, Mick Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> Nikita Mazepin. He's definitely not good oh, no. enough for Formula One at the minute. No, I'm just saying names now. You are. Okay, give us a clue. He's Russian. <laughs> He's what, sorry? Russian. Russian. Robert Schwartzman. Robert Schwartzman is the correct answer. Thank you very much. You mean he's from... from, But he can't be Russian, can he, if he wants to be in Formula One, because we're not allowed to say that word and that country because they're state-sponsored drug cheats and in world championships, we're not allowed to say that word. So he couldn't be in there even if he wanted to be. I think at this stage I don't have enough results where I can say, look, guys, I'm winning. I have a huge gap. Why are you not talking about me? I still need to well, learn true, and improve myself in Formula 2. Uh, how many seasons have you been in Formula 2? This is his second one, isn't it? This is his second one, yes. No, because Formula 2 is rubbish, they've earned they've a half of this one, haven't they? Uh, they're nearly two-thirds of the way through now. Nick, you sound a bit bunged up, mate. I'm very, very ill, and Matt McCallum is the reason. 
When we did our EFRA live link-up uh, last weekend, it's back you on this weekend. You need to explain what EFRA is to the listener. No, European Federation of Radio Automobiles. We, uh, we, we did a live link-up from four different venues around Europe showing different radio control car events. We were in the studio. I was with Matt. Matt had a streaming cold. Now I've got a streaming cold, and I don't like him anymore. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you mingle with people. If you I know. It's point, stay eight, at home. Of not seeing anybody and being super healthy. Oh, yeah, meet someone. And not having kids of school age, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Nightmare. I know. I know. It's just, it's, don't come here. No, I didn't. <laughs> but that, was, that was just luck. <laughs> mm. uh, so, Schwarzman doesn't think he's good enough for Formula One. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that Formula 2 isn't good enough for Formula 1? Because he is a front runner. He is, but he's not the front runner. Mm. Which Formula 2 driver, according to uh, the Chinese media, uh, has uh, picked up the second Alfa Romeo all-in seat? Mm. No clue. Oh, here's a question for Nick. He's clearly got no clue either because he's not talking to me. It's Zhao. Sorry, I do apologize. I muted myself because I sneezed. I sneezed. I didn't think anyone wanted to hear that. But I am, yeah, honestly, I'm doing the absolute, the bloke, the male sick thing here. I go, oh, God. Uh, Zhao is uh, the correct answer. Zhao, yeah. Because uh, and, and he's got money, hasn't he? Who says that that's the incorrect he, answer? Uh, probably Fred Vasseur. Uh, Fred Vasseur is one person who said that he has not been, uh, he's not signed a contract with them yet. And also Alpine, who are um, the team that he's yes, linked they haven't with. got a seat for him. They don't, And he's no. got lots of money. And the sticking point is that Sauber, sorry, sorry, Alfa Romeo only want him for a year because they think that their Porsche would be good enough to come into the team at that point. And uh, Ganshin Zhao wants to have a Two-year contract and give all his Chinese money to them for two years. Yeah, Porsche is very good at fighting through a pack, in fairness, particularly at Monza, where apparently you can't pass. It's just amazing. You can't pass the Formula One. He is a very good driver, Theo Porsche. Yeah, I'm very impressed. So with that's Formula the Three and Formula but Two. He does need a second uh, season, a second full season in Formula Two. Of course, he did a few. Races so you never know. If they want a one-year holding pattern, perhaps they'll keep Giovinazzi because he's it'd be a four-year holding pattern. <laughs> yes, that's a fair point, my man. Uh, he's been less rubbish. He has been less rubbish, you're right. Who thinks he uh, might have a good chance of winning in Formula 2 around the streets of Sochi? Uh, oh, gosh, good question. I think, my, well, realistically, they should all think that because that's a positive mental attitude they should have. Um, that's um, is that my, my right, am I? No, I mean, um, you need to narrow it down to one Roy driver who might have got his yeah, first race win of the season at Monza. Oh, um, uh, Australian bloke. No. <laughs> Oscar Piastri oh, I, is who you were thinking my about, brain by is the way. literally fuzzed, so I'm going to be giving very limited answers to a lot of this stuff. Oscar Piastri did uh, get his first race win of the season. Win. Yes, but, he won, uh, didn't he? That was in the feature race, and I was referring to the sprint race. It's won so many. Uh, no, the sprint race, not the sprint. The sprint race, which is... Oh, there's two, there's two well, sprint races in F2 now, isn't there? two sprint races in F2, yeah, sure are. Right. Uh, no, yeah, Mr. Open, Mr. Junior Sports Car, a racing car. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jihendel Ruvula is the name I was looking for. 
Really? That's, yeah. a, that's annoying because I was literally just getting the results from from, from uh, Monza up. So, uh, uh, yes, India's first uh, F2 winner. I don't think Narain or uh, was was around for F2, was he? Uh, no, uh, Narain did uh, Formula Nippon, I believe, in Japan. Yeah. Um, Hun Chandok did GP2. Um, but I don't think he won, did he? Uh, he no. might have a race win. He certainly didn't win a title. Um, Robert Schwartzman is, he says, now having found the right page, is uh, third. No, he's third. Third. So it's Piastri from Daniel Joe. So Piastri is leading by 15 points. This is his first year, of course, which is important. Yes. Uh, and first Schwartzman is a further 21 back. Now, Piastri is about what? He did one race at the end, didn't he? After he won three, almost three. Uh, he did a couple at the end. Did he do both of our rains? Oh, I can't Bar remember was on the calendar last year. No, there was a Bahrain doubleheader, wasn't it? We had the full circuit and the short circuit. Oh, that's right. Yes, we did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it, it uh, yeah, and that's, you know, and they did a lot of work at Bahrain, um, which is why Yuki Snow is so good there. <laughs> yes. Neil Gardner has just tweeted, who has a, who thinks they have a good chance of winning F2 at Sochi this weekend? How about Mazepan in the Haas? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I think he'd struggle. He might I think he'd struggle, Neil. Yes. That's not that good. Not, not no. sure how he bolt the 18-inch wheels on either. No. Indeed. They do look good with the 18-inch rims on. I've missed... You know what? I've missed F2. I have missed F2. I've watched a lot of the F3 because, you know, that was what it was. And I realised I'd missed the variety, Nick, of F2, with particularly with the... Um, ridiculous tyres that don't last the amount of time that you've got to keep them on. Yeah, yeah. I, the thing is that they have they have to do a volt fast about this uh, change to eight ra- eight meetings and three races. It's absolutely failed. I they need to go. Right. They need to go back to where they were last time, which is twelve meetings of two races. So also, apparently, it's not save the money we're supposed to save either. Oh well, we said so, that. We said so, that last year. Hmm. Yeah, Tim was so, absolutely on the money with that. He said it won't save any money in F two or F three. Quite the reverse, in fact. Yep. So it's not worked, and they need to just uh, bite the bullet and go. Well, we tried it, and they, they can blame on the pandemic if they like, but they need to t- they need to uh, bury their uh, their their. Uh, pride and just say whoops now we go back to what we had before and also can i, I just say uh, and if anybody from pirelli is listening i really apologize for what i'm going to say but really you need to have a word with all of the series you're involved with and let them let you make the tires that you can make because even though i know that you are being asked to make tires that degrade it means that I will not buy Pirelli tyres for our cars. And at the moment, the only tyres I can get for Eve's Boxster that are N-rated Porsche homologated tyres are Pirelli's. And I won't buy them. I will not buy them because I have seen how rubbish you look in motorsport. And no, I, no. No, I, no, 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 no. That's not fair. Because Pirelli all supply all the world's superbike tyres as well. Yeah, I'm not talking about putting them on a motorbike. I'm talking about putting sport. them on a Boxster. Yeah, you said motorsport. And so Pirelli, when they are given their free head in, in other things, can produce things that aren't chewing gum rubbish. Mm. Also, many, I, many I don't years think it's just ago, the very good. It, I really in, doesn't. I don't. In, in the era of um, Eve's Porsche, uh, they did make tyres for uh, Porsche 
Carrera Cup races, and um, they were pretty good as well. Well, well, uh, I have the choice of Goodyear, Michelin, Hankook, and Pirelli, but because of they're all N-rated tyres, but because of of difficulties with supply at the moment, the only ones that I can get, particularly for the back, actually. Um, are Pirelli, and I will not buy Pirelli's because they've said, they've said, and I can't argue with that. She said, I really don't want Pirelli's on my car. They weren't very good on Nick's Alpha, and I don't want them on my car. And I can't argue with that, Nick. Pilot Sport Four is a brilliant, by the way. Four yes, S's four S's is what is what I want. I can get the fronts, but I can't get the backs. Ah, uh, well, I actually got a different size in the end. Did you? I couldn't, get, I couldn't get the rears for the Alpha either, so I went up. 10 millimetres and down 5%. Ah, very good. As recommended by the uh, people on the forums. But then there was, was always quite a lot of um, clearance on the arches. This is very much not off, off, off capital now, off, off topic now, but uh, yeah. But that, the problem that is that not with Porsches, you've got to, you really should have N-rated tyres because they're Porsche um, spec homologated. Is above Z then? No, no, it's it's um, oh, we are really we've gone really normy now, haven't we? Sorry, um, it's it's about them being spec. So Mercedes have N uh, M O, um, and BMW have their version, but Porsche have N rated tyres, and it's either zero, one, two, or three, and um, it it's all about them, and they have slightly uh, significantly different construction and compounds because they are Porsche original equipment tyres. And if you want more information on this subject, visit automotiverubberfetish.com. <laughs> now let's move on to Formula One. Oh, do you need... Do you need to change your power unit mid-season there, Nick? You didn't sound well, like you were very good there. You've been no, doing a bit I'm, of a potass. I'm, I'm under the weather. I've, I, I'm going to have to replace all my uh, all my working parts. Yes, yeah, so I'll start, I'll start the rest of this conversation at the back of the grid. Uh, well, let's start at the back of the news then. And who's got a new job this uh, week? It's Big Martin Whitmarsh. What's he been up to since he left McLaren? Uh, he's working for... Oh, was working, what was he working for? Some re- re- renewable energy firm, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so he didn't actually leave McLaren, did he? He was ousted in the boardroom coup by Ron, who was then later ousted himself by someone else. Mm. In, a, in a very much, let's see how big a gun we can all point at our feet and keep firing it uh, from, from the period about 2012 to 2017. Uh, and where is this new job? Aston Martin. Which part of Aston Martin? The actual Aston Martin company. Well, Aston Martin Performance, apparently, CEO of Aston Martin Racing, of Aston Martin Formula One, excuse me. Aston Martin Formula One is still being run by Otmar Stefanow, but he will be Otmar Stefanow as a boss uh, in his overseeing role. Right. But he's, he's, he's he's not got a job at the car company. Well, it's, um, it is, but it's not the F1 company either. Oh, really? Oh, so this is this new, um, what, what do they call it? Um, Holding company? If in doubt, divest, just divest your, your into 7,000 different companies. It's, you know, actually, that is the McLaren model, isn't it? Really? Aston Martin Performance Technologies. Yes. So it's like neither Aston Martin Formula One or Aston Martin Racing, Aston Martin Racing being a wholly owned subsidiary of Afton Martin Lagonda, um, so it's neither of those. So what is Aston Martin Performance Technologies? 
It's a dodge for the budget cap. Uh, very good. It's not a very good dodge because they'll get the, the, what they'll have to do is they'll have to. to so basically, if Martin went to work for Aston F1, um, though he would be one of the highest paid employees, which would be one of the other ones that dropped down into the high pay. Say he was, say he paid a million pounds a year, which he paid obviously a lot more then, okay? Mm. So that would count a million against their budget cap. If he goes and works for Aston Martin Performance, and Aston Martin Performance write down that his time is spent 50% on the new GT3 program and 50% on F1, only half his salary goes against the budget cap. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. And if they make common parts, uh, which are used on lots of different uh, programs, then presumably he can yes, claim that can. they are all if, designed if, for if something else were, and then just yes, uh, no, borrowed by Formula One teams. No, you, could, you can write off the development part. I mean, there isn't an awful lot of crossover, but. Things like sensors, um, you know, those sort of stuff, a lot of electronic, all that sort of stuff. You can design as a part and you can sell it to the F1 team and not have to, to uh, sort out the um, Money. the actual cost of the development. Mm. I'm not sure how – see, the interesting thing is, is if, if F1 Performance owned the wind tunnel uh, and rented it back to the team, I'm sure that – the thing is, I'm pretty sure that everything they try, the FI knows about, but I'm sure there's a reason to do it because there'll be some sort of allowance. It won't be like they'll get it for free, but it will save them 10% here, 5% there. Um, Matt Hunter says, does this mean he's now technically Aston Martin Whitmarsh? Very good. good. Very good. Uh, James O'Donnell, oh, we have sparked off a massive tyre debate. Good. Um P zeros on my GTS 4.0, uh, says James O'Donnell. That sounds like a portion to me. But my preference when they need changing would be uh, Michelin's. Uh, Dave Alcock, you're spot on about Pirelli. We know they're highly capable tyre engineers, but the racing tyres are making Pirelli look awful. Chewing gum is a good term. Is this what Pirelli wants from its week, from its work in motorsport? Uh, Blur Fiend, who is uh, Porsche trained, N0, N1, N2, N3, and now NFO and NAO. Now, I knew about NAO because they're 992-specific tyres, 911 type 992-specific tyres, which I can get in the sizes for the front of Eves, but not the back. But I didn't know NFO was for the Taycan, which obviously is very different and has to have a very low rolling resistance and very quiet as well. NF. Listeners, I thought you were better than this. ASMR of tyres. Tim, sorry? I said, listeners, I thought you were better than this. No, no. This is what they tune in for. People want... What I will say, um, obviously our listeners are the sort of people who will own a a performance car, be it an old one, a new one, or a medium Mm. one. If you look at the average person you know, around Europe and around the world who's watching F1 and they walk up and they're, they're off into their tyre shop, wherever the quick fit is in various countries, and they say, do you want a Pirelli? They'll probably go, I've heard of them. Yeah, they do Formula One. And they won't perhaps have the you know, the uh, negative connotations we have. So I think as a mass marketing exercise, I think it's very positive. Hence the reason Hancock were quite desperate to do it. Mm. No, great. Uh, my Audi A5 had Pirellis. They were brilliant for the first couple of thousand miles and then their go. performance dropped <laughs> off a cliff, says Alexander this. Even back in the 80s, Pirelli can make a fantastic qualifying tyre. That's very true. That is very true. Uh, Continental tyres would be a good compromise. They would be, Alan. They don't do Porsche um, N 
tyres, enhomologated tyres. Which I, I'm, know, I thought Ford sponsored the Porsche races a couple of years ago. Uh, no, that was Yokohama in the US. Yokohama. Who, who still do. Now, they do, again, they do a front tyre, 235.40 by 19s. I know, I know the tyre size is off by heart. 235.40 by 19s, 265.40 by 19s. I, I have, it is doing my head in trying to find them. The only good news that makes me feel a little bit better... Stuck in the... Uh, on the well, uh, canal. Every single Porsche specialist that I have talked to said, oh, we can't get tyres at the moment. So I, I do... I do actually don't... I actually don't feel so bad. Coming up to 10 minutes to 9. Tim, where would you like to go to next? I'd like to finish the story that we uh, started ah, yes. doing a while ago about... Okay. Uh, <laughs> job news. Story. Uh, job news. Oh, yes. Who's not going to join Martin Whitmarsh and Aston Martin? Ron Dennis. I mean, I'm sure that's correct, but it's not the... Sam uh, Michael. Not, not the answer on not the piece the of paper. Not the card. Pat Fry. Let's have three people who left under a cloud. Is someone who's currently a different Formula 1 team? Uh, Lewis I'm... Hamilton. Um, someone who's 62 years old. Kimi Raikkonen. No... <laughs> 62 years old? Mm-hmm. Fernando Alonso. <laughs> uh, I don't no idea. Tell me. Adrian Newey. Well, is he 62? Yes. Gosh, I didn't know he was older than me. I just, just felt he was... He's a lot uh, older than you. 12 years older than you. Amazing. Yeah, possibly. Um, okay, well, what, what, I can't see why would why would, why was the cause that he might join. Uh, what apparently there have been plenty of rumours uh, that Adrian would go to Aston Martin, but uh, according to Gazetta della Sport, Christian Horner says Adrian is happy with us. He's extended his contract. He's going nowhere. Which means Adrian is not happy with us. We've made him sign a contract. And, <laughs> and if some and there's a buyout clause that we don't want yeah. people to look at. That's yeah, that's lean, what that he's, means. He's the Lionel Messi of. Uh, of design. Basically, I decided that I'm just going to effectively. <laughs> Ronaldo. Just, I'm going to. I'm going to. Anything that Christian says, I'm going to believe the opposite because I'm certain it's more likely to be true. And anything that Helmut says, I'm going to put through a blender and see what happens next. Mm. Who I've got a job himself? for Adrian Newey. I've got a job for. If, if Adrian wants to have a real challenge and uh, a different opportunity, I've got a job for him. And if anybody knows Adrian. Tap him on the shoulder and tell him to give me a shout, and it'll be somebody he'd be—it's something he'd be really excited about. Is it designing a new engage tire? No, I'm not going to say any more than that. Well, there we are. Hope you got many millions to pay him. Uh, who's been to uh, his team's factory this month and declared himself very happy with progress? This month, yes. They were racing last week. Yes, this story might be uh, a couple of weeks old, but uh, I wasn't here last week to... Uh, ah, to right. Is it a current driver or a new driver? Uh, it's not a driver, it's a team owner. Ooh. Oh, oh it, that'll be... No, that that will be... Um, surely that's the people at Silverstone who are building the new factory. That's Aston Martin Racing again, isn't it? It's not, no. Oh, OK. Is it? Is it the bloke who's in charge of Renault? It's not the bloke in charge of Renault or Alpine. Haas. It's the bloke in charge of Ferrari. John just said Gene Haas. I just said Haas. 
Do you think Jim Haas would be uh, happy with progress, Nick? Uh, well, I think he's very happy with the progress of the checks that uh, Mr. Mazipan's paying. Apparently he's very happy with uh, the process of the car design and build as well. Mm. What else are you going to say? Uh, Honestly, I think yeah, it, it, they are, you know, they're a bit of an embarrassment, has to be honest, on a number of levels. Um, and given the fact they're supposed to be America's team, they've never had an American, uh, an American driving for them, and now they're running off Russian money. Um, yeah. uh, you kind of think, uh, yeah, and they think, oh, it's going to be great next year. You're going, why? Why is it going to be great next year? Yeah. Uh, who else is really excited about next year's Haas? Mick Schumacher. Nikita uh, no. Mazepin. No. Mr. Mazepin with his checkbook. No. Good Steiner. No. I mean, all of these people probably are, but that's not the answer on the card. Gene's dad, Carl. No. Uh, the Arga Khan. It's Simone Resta. Oh, who's been seconded from, uh, from Ferrari. Ferrari. Mm. He says, I believe the introduction of a new set of regulations represents a unique chance for the team to develop ideas from scratch as there are no references with existing cars. You can see in every engineer's eyes the foreign ambition to prove they can come up with the best design and concept. After coming up with the worst design and concept, mean? Mm. Well, it's the worst a design and concept that made it into production, at least. It's a chance. Who knows? There are going to be surprises, but um, anybody who thinks it's going to be a major shake-up is probably in for a disappointment. But what will happen is the the gaps between the first and the last will be much wider than they are now because that's what happens with new regulations. Somebody gets it a bit more right and someone gets it a bit more wrong. Um, so let's see. Who do we think is going to um, sell to Andretti, by the way? Assume yeah, Haas, I suppose. Not this, is a, this is the stupid thing. This no. Is the, no, Sauber, Sauber aren't going to sell. Sauber, Sauber aren't really. selling. They've, they've got they've got money coming in, so Haas will they're, be selling. They've got Chinese cash. They've they've they've, they've, they've really going to get the well. This is the stupid thing. This is I tried to mention before because of the ridiculous uh, dilution of investment, whatever it's called, uh, concept where anybody who comes in has to give two hundred million dollars, ten million dollars to each team because you diluted their franchise. Um, you have to buy a team when you could just start a team. Uh, Matthew Matthew Hyman says, by the way, are you sure Gene Haas was quoted about his F1 car, not the new next-gen NASCAR that's making its debut at Daytona? Very yeah, good. He Point. did make the quote while visiting Marinello, so... Oh, uh, OK, fine. And we have started something with the tyres. Nick, we need to do a tyre show. We need <laughs> to do a tyre show. A quality tyre is always worth the money, in my experience. Well, the least, only contact least, between least, the road and the car. At least you know what the title is. And the tyres. And the tyres. Oh, my goodness. My, we, we've really started something out. And, and I, we have unleashed the inner geek of the Midweek uh, Motorsport listener who knows all about NO, NA, NFs, 1, 2, and 3. I am very impressed. MO for Mercedes. BMW have got their homologated tyres as well. Very, very impressive. Otter FR says, I am off Otter FR and my Michelin Pilot Sports approve this message. (laughs) (laughs) Of course they do. Of course they do. Uh, Right, four minutes before we are at half distance. What else have we got for Nick before we go to half time? 
Who would quit Formula One rather than see reverse grids? Everybody. Oh, I, um, Liberty. Uh, Every truck. About, uh, yes. Nick. Um, is quite fast. I'm going to go for... Lewis Hamilton. Uh, it's not the answer on the card. Think about someone is it... who is older and more French. Older and more French? Mm-hmm. Alain Prost. Alain Prost is a correct answer. Well done, Nick. He's older and more French. Um, but he's not actually having to take part in these, is he? He's not. Uh, but who thinks it's a good idea? Oh, Anybody's at the back? In fairness. Nikita Mazepan. Matty Ibnotto is the correct answer. There you go. <laughs> well, let me just say that if, if they actually want to do that, actually, a reverse grid race with... Three points, two points, one point. It has no influence on the uh, qualifying. It'd be far better than the sprint. Would be fine. In fact, make it five, four, three, two, one. You know, give a chance for the guys to come to the back and get a point. See what happens. It, it gives some points to the people at the back and the middle. It won't affect anything overall because you won't in- interfere with the championship. But for goodness sake, don't do it every race. Do it at tracks where you can overtake. It's not hard if you want to do so. Just it, the, the lack of the lack of detailed thought in the sprint races is frightening. Sprint's not working. I no, hate interestingly, Alan Prost. I think it's the worst thing well, you could do to Formula One. I'd rather see one team dominate because they did the best work than a reverse grid. Well, you can. Well, also, you, they've had reverse grid happy now. About points for pole position. There aren't any points for pole position. There aren't now, no. No, well, there no. are with the sprint. Because no, yes, that's no, no. pull, isn't it? Yeah, I don't it's, know. I, it's I not think, qualified pull. It's raced for pull. Well, interestingly, the, the narrative changed dramatically after last weekend. They came out uh, on Saturday going, it's fantastic, it's fantastic, it's fantastic. And by Monday, they're going, yeah, we need to look at it. Yeah, it was so, rubbish. It was, it was rubbish. Because they, I mean, they should never done it monster. And they think, oh, it's a fast track. Yeah, but you're, you're what, did, what, did, what did we see at the, at the ADAC um, Sim Racing Expo in the, in the GT500, the, 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 the race, the absolute top class top of the bill race that they had a, a, a sprint qualifying and you saw people going well i'm not going to over, try and overtake here because yep. i'm third now i'm quite happy in third thanks very much but if i go for second i'm going to move forward 25 meters or i'm going to end up at the side of the track yeah i mean this is the point it's risk and reward isn't it that's why if you make Absolutely. it a standalone race i mean it's it comes down to the point if you made it a standalone race um, you know, a third of the distance with the slowest at the front, reverse championship order, it actually does give a chance for the guys right at the back to decide not to take part in it, to save their engine and mileage. That's mm-hmm. another option, isn't it? Because everyone seems to be having great difficulty making their engines last the 24 races. As another element, but it, at the end of the day, it gives points. It will normally give some points to at least teams in the lower mid- midfield. Um, and it's more interesting. Because the guys in the midfield will absolutely go for it because that's, this is their chance. Yeah, all right, the top two, three teams might think this is a bit pointless um, and just accept the fact that the guys are going to get some points. But it's a far better concept. But I would like to point out right now, I'd rather not have a second race at all. There's no need for a second race. It devalues the Grand Prix. Simple as. Finally. Top to ball. Uh, sorry, sorry, Tim. Finally, uh, Nick, I heard your verdict on uh, Schumacher the movie last week. I thought you were... Uh, what, hour and 30 in? Thank you very much. Surprisingly nice <laughs> about it. Yeah, me too, since I've watched it since. Really? I, I, I said, did you agree with me that the music's awful? 
Music music was awful. It was like seventies porn movie. Um, <laughs> they they glossed over his character issues, and I, I don't have. I, I disagree with the critics who've said that they've only. You know, it's not about him since he banged his head when he was skiing. That's not about what. That's not what this is about. This is about his motor racing career. But I think if you're going to make it about his motor racing career, there has to be more about the fact that he was a serial cheat and that he brilliantly had so much extra mental capacity when he was driving a racing car that he could think to cheat whilst he was driving. And, and that was glossed over massively. Yeah, I mean, they, they did go quite in, quite a lot of depth about 2007. Mm. Um, what has uh, Ralph Schumacher I, 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 said about it this week? I uh, wish I'd never been involved. No, he said it's a really, really nice film, isn't it? <laughs> he looked good. He looked good. He's grown into well, his face, hasn't he? Wearing well. Yeah, it's a, bit, a, bit, a lot of gel for a man in his mid-40s, but hey-ho. Midweek Motorsport, where John has just 48 seconds to tell you what's coming in the next hour. Uh, I suspect we might have more of Nick uh, in hour number two, where we'll be welcoming Matt Hunter uh, to talk about a special programme after the show tonight that we'll be looking at Le Mans Virtual and the series preview. We'll talk about that. Uh, we've got a look forward to some weekend action in the UK that's been supported by VP Racing Fuels. More of your comments, tyre-related or otherwise, on at Specutainment. But next, we're going to celebrate the uh, first ACO title of 2021 uh, as we celebrate the ELMS champions in drivers and teams. It's WRT next on Midweek Motorsport. Midweek Motorsport on RadioLeMond.com Well, delighted to say that joining us now, having won, I think, the first major championship of the season that we're reporting here on Midweek Motorsport from WR team, WRT, W Racing team, Vonsant Voss joins us again on Midweek Motorsport. Vonsant, first of all, congratulations. ELMS title, tick. Fantastic, sir. You must be delighted. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a nice way to, uh, <laughs> to achieve our first championship in our first year. Um, uh, we were not expecting this, obviously. I mean, we know that we are fighting extremely uh, strong uh, team um, and uh, well we 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 came without uh, too many expectations um, but yeah after the first race which we won in Barcelona then you know we <laughs> we tried to stick to the to the speed we had there and to um, to go further very nice to I presume very nice to do it on what is pretty much home ground for you not too far away from from HQ uh, up the road at uh, Spa or down the road uh, at, at Spa, I presume there was a bit of a party on uh, on the weekend, was there? Or have you not had time yet? <laughs> well, that's that's probably the main reason why I asked you to do this today and not on Monday morning. Um, <laughs> we had a we had quite a nice uh, party with the guys on Sunday evening in Spa. 
which was uh, extremely deserved to the to the guys because they are the one who did uh, an impressive work since uh, since the first week of January. Yes. Uh, till now, and then uh, okay, there are still some races to go, but um, so far I have to say. Uh, they are they are the heroes. Hmm. You make a good point there, Vonson, because a lot of people see what happens at the track. Obviously, good coverage for the ELMS, for Le Mans, and, and everything else that you guys have done down through the years. But it's what's going on behind the scenes. And when we spoke to you earlier on in the season, after your first victory, you were saying that the team had really just continued from what you'd been doing in DTM and, and other championships. But that that doesn't start at the first race. That That's going on from the end of last year and from the seasons before. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it's, um, you know, the base of our LMP2 uh, crew is based on what we, what we had the last two years in DTM. And we had a few persons who had um, strong... Uh, knowledge about uh, LMP2 and ELMS and, and, and WEC. So, um, but the main, the main basis of the crew is, is uh, the people who did the DTM for the last uh, two years. Well, I mean, if, you, if you had sat down in the first week of January and written a list of things that you would like to have achieved this season, would you have dared write down ELMS Championship, Le Mans uh, victory. Uh, um, could could you have even dreamt of that? It's always difficult to uh, to say once once it's done, and uh, <laughs> to say now that I uh, would not have dream about it, it would not be right. I mean, we I know that we we have extremely uh, strong strong guys. I mean, our two lineup in WEC and in ELMS. Um, uh, has proved to be one of the strongest mm. and um, oh, two of the strongest uh, lineup. But you never know. You know, you you need to cope with new regulation, new environment. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not something easy to do. So uh, I would say difficult to to say what I would uh, expect <laughs> at that time. But. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be where we are now, of and course. I'm happy to uh, to continue like that and and to fight now for the for the for the WEC championship where we are only sitting one point behind at the moment. Oh my goodness, it could be just a, such an unbelievable season. We'll come back to that in a moment, if I may. I'd like to talk just a little bit about the racing car itself. The the the, the um LMP2 car is is. Uh, pretty much the choice of everybody in the class. So, first of all, what is it like as a racing car to work on and to actually take to an event and compete with? Well, uh, well, you, you know, as you as we can see since a few years now, uh, this car, it's the, it's the car to have for the LMP2 uh, championships, if it's the LMS or, or, or WEC. And... Uh, it's a car which um, has done, I would say, almost everything, and, and it has proved has proved a lot. So I would say, you know, the technical issues are quite quite uh, low, I would say, and um, yeah, we we find the car extremely easy to work with. Uh, um, it's a it's a 
it's a great car. It's a great car that Oreca has has built with the experience of the previous one, and and they they have done a, a fantastic job on that car. And we we find it uh, quite very nice to work at them. Uh, and therefore, how do you make a difference? I I get asked this question a lot from people looking in at. WEC at Le Mans at ELMS and saying it's it's almost like uh, a single manufacturer championship, a spec series. There are other choices, but everybody chooses uh, Orica. It is the best car. So how does WRT or indeed any team, Vonsant, how do you find an advantage? Um, well, you have three, I would say, three major departments. Um, you have the uh, electronic one, um, then uh, which is including uh, TC and so on. Uh, then uh, you have the aerodynamic one, and then you have the mechanical grip. And it's it's always in motorsport. It's always a compromise of those three, which makes the car extremely strong. Um, as we could see, the last two races we had in Spa, if it's WEC or ELMS you could see that the United Autosport car was extremely strong. And this is something for us uh, difficult to understand. So there, we, we did not find everything yet. Uh, we are always there most of the time. Uh, we had, I would say, a little bit less success in WEC, but it's all also down to, you know, you need a bit of luck at the right time. And we've been leading the last four WEC race. Um, if we talk about uh, Monza, um, Monza, Portimao, and uh, and Le Mans, we've been uh, leading at one stage those race. Well, we did not want any other um, event in 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 WEC, so we finished second in uh, Monza due to a mistake from us in the strategy. Um, but we were competitive. But you know, you you don't always find the best uh, compromise and um, it's it's still you, you you need to find those kind of uh, little little thing um, that you must be able to put together and uh, it's it's difficult to explain but uh, it's um, the experience of the team the experience of the engineers the mechanics all little detail putting to their very best um, yeah um, every little detail is counting there and uh, every race we find small things that uh, improve our cars incremental gains i think is the terminology that people use nowadays but that underlines vonson just how competitive and how tight it is you, you mentioned monza there one small mistake strategically or from the drivers or from somebody in the pit or with a tiny mistake on the setup it's not just going to make it hard for you to win. It possibly means you won't be on the podium because we're talking about races here in LMP2 that are so close over four, six or or 24 hours. Yeah, well, in uh, in Monza, we, we had a we had a dramatic end. I mean, we, we were leading by quite a quite a good margin and then we made a mistake in in strategy and we, we did not use the wave by as we should have. And um, 
and uh, we lost our lead and and even worse we we, we find ourselves in p5 or p6 and we fight our way back to uh to p2 but um, yeah every detail is counting and and every person in the team has a has a extremely uh important role if it's uh you know the people taking care of the tire or the Mm. Every every single person has an important role, and uh, and there, we we found ourselves making a mistake in in Monza, which which won't happen again. I mean, yeah. it's we are still on a learning uh, curve, and uh, all those things that we have done, uh, good or wrong, we we make sure to learn from it. Yeah, yeah. We we haven't talked about the three drivers who you've won the LMP2 team championship and the drivers title for all and team WRT. Um, uh, let's talk about Robert Kvitsa, who probably needs no introduction to anybody, Yefeyer, uh, and Louis Delatraz as well. They have formed a very strong partnership in what, in our sports terms, is a relatively short time, Fonsot. Well, uh, <clears throat> I had no doubt of the speed of those three drivers. Um, um, the less none uh, of them was probably EFA, but uh, as we could see, uh, EFA has done an incredible, uh, strong job, and uh, he proved himself to be one of the future star of endurance racing. Uh, probably one of the first Chinese to reach that uh, that that level, um, where Louis has a, a, a very long. Uh, amount or a very big amount of experience in single seaters, uh, especially in Formula Two, uh, and also winning the Formula Renault Championship in the past. So uh, did not have to prove his his speed, but you know you still have to adapt to endurance, which he did last year yeah. in Le Mans in LMP1 with Re Rebellion. And um, well, uh, I think those two and 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 Robert has. Uh, form an extremely good and competitive lineup, and they work extremely well together. And I have to say, I mean, um, there the driver ego had no role. Ah, um, they were really working together. They did not mind who would do what, and and um, they have done. You know, they just have done their job, like like if they were working together for the last five years, and that probably has made the difference compared to the other lineups. And what what about Robert Robert Kubica then? How how important has he been to pulling that that all important team of of drivers together, Vincent? As as all driver has been, you know, has played a big role in in every uh, championship, ELMS and and WEC. Robert has been a extremely important part of it because, I mean, uh, Robert, as we all know him, I mean. I, I did know him by name before. I, I met Robert a few times. I've seen what he did last year in DTM with BMW, and I see how how much he progressed during the year. And But this year, we've been able to work with him. And when I've seen how much Robert is, you know, he's a very demanding driver, and he pushed the team to the extreme limit of, of you know, pushing and pushing to the... To get the best out of it, and um, he accelerate, I would say, our progress. And yeah, it was very important to have him there. And um, 
you know, you you would expect from a Formula One driver um, that uh, you know he plays uh, he plays a role there. But you you could also expect uh, to have a higher ego and to you know to, to he want to be there as a as the number one driver. But it was uh, exactly the opposite. Robert has played even if he he's inexperienced in endurance racing. Yes. It it was like he, he's been doing it for the last ten years and. Uh, he was doing a very strong job there. As, as I said, I mean, every driver has played a role. And, and But I would say I would expect that from every other driver. You know, they are younger and the Robert is a bit is a bit older. And uh, he's done a fantastic uh, job to push the team to the extreme limit. And that was helping us to, to reach it qu- uh, quicker. I... I... Remember when he did a test in Bahrain after the final WEC a few years ago now, and I sat behind him uh, on the plane as we were going home on the the Monday or the Tuesday after that, and I had a a long chat with him. And what struck me was that the extreme amount of thought he'd put into what had happened in that test and how he'd attacked it, and, and then afterwards, the breaking down of what he'd experienced and what he knew, what he didn't know, what he had to go away and, and do some more thinking about. He uses his brain as much as he uses his hands or his feet or what he feels through his backside in the car. And he came across to, to me, Von Son, as a, a very considered driver, a very considered person who works very methodically. Well, I mean, is is uh, Robert's uh, technical analyze and and analyze of of the of the race which happened is is uh, was uh, very important and uh, the way he handled all of those points and the way he never let go any little detail um, was very important. But as you, as you have seen talking to Robert probably then um, he he has an understanding of how how the racing should go and yes. what it's needed. And um, I mean, he has proved that during the year with us. He has proved that at the start of the Le Mans 24 hours this year, where we start in an extremely difficult condition with uh, intermediate tires, uh, with a bit too much water. And uh, a lot of car has made mistakes. And, 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 and Robert was just there and he was so confident i mean he was feeling so calm and so confident on the radio um, to work with such a driver and i hope that i will work with him again in the future like with all the others uh, and that is so important you know that from from your uh, competition days being fast is good but being able to work as part of a team in endurance is is so imp- it's crucial in fact it is it is crucial um a thought about wec uh, then the ELMS job is not quite done. You've got an, another round to come in, in Portugal. Title now secured. I, I don't know whether that takes the pressure off in, uh, in, in Portugal, but I know you'll want to go out on a win, and, and so will the drivers and the rest of the team. But what about WEC now for the, for the two races out in, uh, in Bahrain? Um, what are your, your genuine hopes and expectations for that, because there is that chance, as you mentioned, of a, of a second title um, for for the team this year, and that that's in the World Championship. 
Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, Le Mans has played a, a big role in the in the points. Um, and now we find ourselves in, in P2 in the championship, one point behind. Um, there again, uh, our lineup, uh, Ferdinand Habsburg, Charles Milesi and Robin Frains, they formed together an extremely uh, strong lineup. Um, as we have seen, Charles Milesi has done his uh, second pole position now in, in, in three races uh, after Monza in WEC. Now uh, here in ELMS uh, Spa, he also put his, his car on, on, on pole position. So extremely strong uh, silver driver. Um, very experienced uh, platinum driver with, with uh, Robin Frains. And just just the guy you need, uh, Ferdinand Habsburg, who, who proved himself uh, in last year with us in DTM, uh, proved his speed by putting our DTM car on pole position last year in Zolder. Um, those three, are, again, they are working very well together. They are a good, a good group of, of, of drivers. And um, there is a lot of respect between those, those three and, and uh, yeah, the the experience uh, the experience of the three um, has um, give us the opportunity to be to stand in the P two in the championship, which is uh, which is uh, something we will try to improve in the future. So two <laughs> races to go, one point. Um, yeah, you know it can go the wrong way, but uh, we make we will do everything that uh, it goes to the right direction. Another new track for you and the team to learn in Bahrain. But does it help you that the last two events are on the same track? You you, you have the opportunity to to gather data uh, and then use it for two events rather than rather than just one. Well, I would say it depends if we find ourselves uh, <laughs> finding the right setup straight away, and, and then we are strong on that track. Then it will help. If we if it's the opposite. <laughs> uh, it won't help. Good point. But, um, good point. Yeah, I mean, we we have uh, we have a good uh, base setup, which which works on on most of the tracks so far. So we've been competitive, except in Spa in the first race. Compared to United, we were a bit lost, like like most of the other teams. But uh, on all the other tracks, we we were competitive in the race. So let's let's try to think that uh, this will be the case in Bahrain, and we. We're still uh, improving ourselves. Uh, we have improved in, in every sector since the first uh, since the first race, and this is what we will keep doing. And um, let's hope that we have a chance and uh, that we avoid uh, mistakes and we find ourselves at the front. It's been an extraordinary season, if I may say so, for a team, even an experienced team like WRT to come into a brand new discipline within motorsport and to, as we'd say in English, hit the ground running, not just running, but sprinting and, and to have had the return on your efforts uh, so quickly and so well is, is very impressive indeed. We talked earlier on in the season about the future. Now, I know that your future is, is Portugal and two races in Bahrain. But beyond that, uh, our listeners would not be happy if I did not mention again LMDH and Audi. Um, can I tell Chris Renke just to take his 
who's head of Audi Sport Customer Racing, can I tell him just to take his phone off the hook and and not bother taking any more calls now? Because if if this is rehearsal or an audition, um, you guys have knocked it out the park, Vincent. Um, well, I mean, I never hide since the since uh, our first uh, talk that um, uh, being in the MP2 this year was a strategic. Uh, move and that uh, our goal would be to work with a manufacturer from 2023. So um, I'm still, let's say I am still there. Um, uh, <laughs> let's say I'm still there. I'm working on it like I've been working in the past on the other uh, programs. And uh, yeah, uh, future looks bright, I would say. Um, we, we have done what we need to do. Yeah. And um, Let's see where we find ourselves in the future. But uh, I will bet that we will be somewhere. Uh, we will be somewhere in in uh, in WEC and in endurance for the future. But uh, nothing's done. Um, nothing is confirmed. But uh, but I will be very disappointed if I don't find uh, the team and myself in the highest level of uh, endurance racing. Which I think a lot of people will completely understand. Just, just without, I'm not asking you to give any secrets away or or break any confidences here. But just give our listeners an idea. We're talking about the cars being on track at, at the start, effectively in the states at the start of 2023, competitively racing. What sort of time scale? Would we expect to see some of these new LMDHs, the Porsche, the Audi, which are coming from Multimatic, uh, the BMW and the Cadillac from, from Dallara? What, when would we expect to see those being tested on track if they're going to be competitively making their debut in early 2023? Soon? Early next year? What, when do these manufacturers have to make those decisions, Von Zott? Well, decision about the team. This is something. Uh, this is something a bit different. But I would say the the car running, uh, the, the the future hypercar running. I would say, if you want to make yourself competitive in twenty three, you probably be uh, have to be on the track in the at at the beginning of twenty two. Right. And this this is what uh, you know the the brand which had succeeded in endurance always did in the past. I mean, uh, at least a minimum of 12 months running in testing. Um, it's uh, it's needed. Mm. Uh, and then the decision, uh, that could be done by a works test and development team. Uh, and then decisions for, for partner teams, could that be a little bit later then? Is that what you're saying? Well, uh, no, that's not that's not what I'm saying. I think uh, everything works together. I mean, right. you have to be, uh, you know, you have to be. If 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 one team is the team which is running the factory program for for a brand in the future, it needs to be part of all the testing. So, um, oh, right, yeah. yeah, it's those decisions has to be taken or those announcement has to be done very quickly now. And on that, then. Um... Calendars are starting to come out for next year. Um, we're starting to see how this whole concept of of convergence. John, John, yes, John. I thought you will only ask me one question about this. Okay. Could we talk about the past? 
Yes, of course. Of course. Of course. Is it? Well, what I will say is, has it been an exciting ride for you and an exciting experience so far in, in endurance racing with WRT? And, and does that make you, as an enthusiast, as I know you are like I am, excited about the future? Yeah, well, um, you know, before being involved in this, uh, in this LMP2 uh, different championship, LMS and WEC, um, as you know, I am a big enthusiast. And when, I, when I've seen how much this uh, hypercar is going to be in 23 for the 100th anniversary of mm. the Le Mans 24 hours, I mean, how can we not be all excited, involved or not? Uh, but it's, uh, it's an incredible part of the motorsport history which is going to be written uh, in 23. And to have all those brands um, being there and, and maybe to have the, the chance to be part of it, it's mm. extremely uh, exciting. Uh, Vincent, our, our listeners have, have listened to your story down through the years in many different parts of motor racing and to WRT story uh, as well as it's developed particularly this year. It's, I called it an extraordinary year, um, possibly an extraordinary year at the start of a whole new chapter for you and for your team at WRT. We wish you all the best with many congratulations from all of us here at Radio Show Limited, Radio Le Mans and, and Midweek Motorsport for your championship that you have secured so far and let me know when you have the big party because I'd love love to be there <laughs> okay I will make sure John uh, it's a pleasure to have you thank you Vincent Voss uh, the driver and team championship for ELMS has gone the way of WRT in 20. 20- 21 in uh, in the European Le Mans series. Uh, Vincent joining us from Belgium. Thank you. When you asked Vincent, or when mm-hmm. Vincent asked you to start talking about the past again, I was just <laughs> waiting for that question about uh, him finishing third in the Castle Coombe Formula Ford 1600 Championship. Of course, I, I left that out. I, I did, but I will ask him that another time. I, I uh, When we were setting up that interview and when he the responsible adult was set, and by the way, Vonson, I know you uh, actually he's just dropped offline, but um, the, uh, when we were setting it up earlier in the weekend, in the, uh, the the end part of the weekend, and he said, "Don't get us on, uh, don't do a pre-record. I'd much rather do it on Wednesday and do it in the show." And I said, "Okay, fine." And now we know why. Um, but we did talk about doing one of our Tyler's long ones. Um, with Fonsant and I think that's the best place to explore the 1992 Castle Coombe Formula Ford 1600 Championship definitely I've, I I think uh, and, and actually that will not be the first uh, the, the last time I fear that we uh, mention Castle Coombe tonight believe it or not there is a bit more Castle Coombe it's, to come he, he's very much in the uh, Derek Bell uh, mould where if you remember the uh, Tyler's Long one we did with Derek Bell where we don't actually talk about Le Mans at all because no, uh, never got to we, it. We filled the time with his career uh, ending well before he ever did Le Mans. Um, I think we got as far as Formula Three, or did we do Formula Three? Two Formula, Formula two. two, Formula Two. Yeah, we got the Formula Two. Uh, I must sit down with Mister Bell. Um, I, we, we 
we did have him on our Le Mans coverage uh, yeah. uh, as he was Grand Marshal. And he and Misty were uh, uh, fabulous that, that we got the chance to talk to him. I've uh, got some Australian it, news for you. Uh, have you? Which Fire also away. is Formula 4 news because the Australian Formula Ford uh, graduate Cameron McLeod is uh, joining the British F4 Oh, Cam McLeod, championship yeah. or the F4 British Championship, certified by the FIA and powered by Ford EcoBoost. Won't <laughs> be many more times we can say that because, of course, next year it's going to be in Abarth. Is it? Uh, yes. They'll uh, be happy. He's joined the Yarden team uh, alongside Georgie Dimitrov, David Morales, and Zach Taylor. Uh, he will test at Silverstone for the first time tomorrow. And another bit of Australian news, and this uh, reverts back to a story that we. Uh, covered last year, I think, or maybe the year before, and hopefully Nick Damon's uh, here to give his input on this, uh, because Australia's largest technology services business, Telstra Purple, is pushing the boundaries oh, of yes. technology to power Airspeeders' global series of electric flying car races in a groundbreaking new partnership. <coughs> yeah, I saw that. I don't like the word groundbreaking when you're talking about flying cars. I think that's possibly a mistake in, in, in language. Yeah. Uh, connecting well, terabytes you know, we, we, of data for vehicle-to-vehicle and vehicle-to-infrastructure communications, that's the V2V and V2I, Tesla Purple <laughs> will deliver the near-real-time virtual race control system required for high-speed, close-format multi-vehicle no, stop. racing in the Airsport EXA series. Stop. Near-real-time, Nick, is not real-time enough. It has to no. be actually real-time if well, you're in three uh, dimensions. I, th- I think and reading five. between the lines, obviously... Obviously, the last couple of years have been quite quiet for Airspeeder, and we have seen that you know, it's an interesting concept. It's going from the model to reality is a huge leap because obviously the weight involved. Um, yeah, obviously what Telstra does, they're just going to provide the 5G or localised equivalent network at the track. It will so, be 5G. Mm. Yeah, um, so it's not great um, because uh, there is a decent 5G coverage at Tail and Bend. Good. Um, Why would you do... T- sorry, excuse me. But why would you do any of this at racetracks? Well, you wouldn't. Uh, they wanted to do it out in the South Australian desert, but obviously there is no 5G or indeed 4G we take your own. in the middle of the desert. You're right, that's the whole point. You get to Telstra turns up, they can turn with a couple X, of masks. I totally agree. Power it all up. No, point, that, no point in doing this around quote-unquote racetracks. You need to be doing Bondi it... Beach. Yeah, you need to they be doing actually, it in... There is uh, 5G coverage on Bondi Beach and on the Gold but Coast. But fly over the but you need to be doing it, you know, as ESPN did with their drone series. You need to be doing it inside, um, inside deserted buildings and out in the middle of nowhere and underground in in cave yeah, systems and all that. A bit big though, a bit big for that. Don't forget they got they should when they actually right they have an actual person on them. Yeah, that'll never happen. Just as Formula One has driven innovation for the cars we use today, Airspeeder's vision for the world's first electric flying car racing series has the potential to transform the way we move around cities. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Said Christopher Smith, head of Telstra Purple. Well, thank you, Christopher, but you know full well you're talking absolute rubbish. There's no way to be flying cars in cities. The car stops flying, it lands with a thud, and who knows what it hits. It lands with a what? A thud. Mm. I think this, it is may a, allow the... this is a job for Richard Crail because obviously he is located very close to Airspeeders Adelaide base. I think he should uh, go along and uh, 
Can you say that I have not got an issue with air speakers? No, I no, I, 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 idea, and I, I'd love to see them succeed. I just get a little bit irritated with the uh, pointless PR speak. That's almost a pointless press release of the week. I, I, I really listen. I, I enjoy the drone racing. I enjoy the drone racing. I think it's fantastic. I like the fact that they, you know, do it in disused malls and broken down, you know. Uh, Battersea Power Station would have been a fantastic place to do it in. All of that sort of stuff. And and frankly, if you're going to do flying cars, there's no point in doing flying cars. Sorry, not flying cars, just airborne racing. There's no point in doing airborne pod racing in two dimensions around a track. You absolutely have to do it where you have to avoid things that if you crash into, they're going to hurt you. That's the whole that's the whole point of racing. There has to be jeopardy involved. So you need to be flying underground, overground, wombling free. free. Yeah, absolutely. Um you you have to be doing all of that and the last place you want to have airspeed is anywhere near tracks. You need to have it in in the desert, you need to be going through rock formations, uh, all of that sort of stuff. I want it to look like the the speeder race in in Star Wars. Hmm. That's yeah, what I want to look like. That, the worst level of fatalities in that. Well, I, I, so, well though, Nick. In, in fairness, there was contact in that and yeah. and some sabotage. Some I, yes. I really hope that airspeed airspeeder will not allow <laughs> alien life forms to sabotage and 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 do that. Now, if they did, frankly, I think they'd get a huge audience, but. You know, I'm just saying. If you throw in alien life forms, I guarantee it'll be the most popular event ever. <laughs> However, sorry, I just took life forms could uh, be an hugely issue. Well, and and maybe get Bernie Eccleston in to help that because he's not alien, he's old. No, no, no. But in fairness, he did claim a bigger audience for Formula One than actually existed on the Earth. Only by two billion. This is a picky. <laughs> Mm. And there were some countries that weren't doing a proper census at the time, so you never know. Ah, okay. Um, Ad Spectertainment, I want to know what you think about Airspeeder and and what they're doing. Um, I really do. I, I I like the idea. I think it's got yeah. it's there's opportunities to do it. You and I, Nick, have watched drone racing. We've watched drone racing for lots of money in the, recently, the UAE. Though, that, that site, guys, has gone. Yeah, true. There was half a million quid up, and somebody who was thirteen won it, didn't they? He was fifteen, but yeah, he was. Yes, well, that's right. I think at least, at least the Brit won. Hurrah! But no, I think the drone racing is it's 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 very it's well had its day, has it? I know. It's just you know it hasn't really broken out, has it? Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, well, there were two things you said there that. Uh... Oh gosh! You put in completely separate contexts, uh, but which do go together quite nicely. This week, uh, you mentioned Battersea Power Station. You mentioned Underground, and uh, mm-hmm. one now has the other with the opening on yes, Monday. Yes, Battersea Power Station station. That's yep. right, the Battersea Power Station station. Uh, is that on the on the? Uh, it's on the uh, Northern Line. It's an extension to the Northern Line. There's two. Ooh. Battersea Power Station being one of them. What's the other one? Uh, the other one is Nine Elms Station. Excellent. Very well done. 
I asked you the closed. question for the chips. South, Excellent. South of the river, getting more, more, more important all the time. Always, yeah. always. Are uh, uh, you listening to Midweek Motorsport? Tim Greer has more. Yeah, south of a different river. I was, uh, I went to Croft at the weekend. Yes, you did. And uh, because it's in the northeast, what local specialty was on the menu? But first of okay. all, Cro- first of all, Croft is not even in the north because it's south of Scots Cor- Scots Corner, which is where the north starts. It's north by of Scots Corner out. by about four miles. Uh, is it? Yes. Is it? Yes. All right, I'll give you that then. All right. <laughs> uh, Savoy dips. No. Deep fried uh, Scotland deep fried Mars bars, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. A special beer involves chicken and cheese. Is it chicken and cheese? Come on, John. Is it cheesy chicken? There's, there's it... no northeast specialty that involves chicken and cheese. Chicken in breadcrumbs, deep fried, covered in cheese. Oh, palmy. Yes. Oh well, mm, yes. That's not particularly northeast. We have sort of taken that on. Chicken Milanese, chicken palmy. That's yeah. far more Australian, though, isn't it? Uh, well, in the UK, it's very much a northeastern thing, but uh, it's very popular all over Australia, from Darwin to Dandemong, apparently. Uh, and th- tomorrow night at nine o'clock on the grid on RS1, uh, Richard Crail, Tony Shebecki, and uh, someone else. No, just those two, apparently. Mark. Uh, Mark Walker. Okay, are going to be uh, discussing in depth the best places to get a post-race pint and palmy in Australia. Plus, uh, racing numerology with Dale Rogers. That's all on the grid tomorrow night at nine here on RS1. Well, Tim, I want to continue to talk about things that are yet to happen as we look forward to the weekend as ever. A very busy weekend of motorsports uh, across the world and in the UK. Uh, Castlecombe Rally Day and Track Road Rally up in Yorkshire, my old stomping ground. Delighted to say uh, that we have uh, Tom Davis from VP. He is the UK and European Business Development Manager for VP Racing Fuels with us on Midweek Motorsport. First of all, welcome, Tom. And I, I suppose I should say to you, just... Just an average weekend for you, then. Only two events for you this weekend, is it? Yeah, we, well, we've actually slipped a third in. Um, we're going to do some motocross on Sunday. Cos so, you can. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to, yeah, we're going to, we're, um, we've got a lot of motocross fuels. Um, so we're going to go and do that on Sunday on the way back home. <laughs> we obviously we've been partnered up with VP for um, part of our IMSA uh, IMSA commitment and IMSA radio commitment, and I've learned an awful lot about uh, what what VP Racing Fuels have done in what is a relatively short uh, space of time in, in motorsport, and they've built a heck of a reputation up. Um, I, I'm, I'm not joking when I say that you've... I mean, there's what? Getting on for 100 different fuels now for different applications? Yes, yeah. I mean, that's that's in the portfolio, um, and that's yeah, it covers literally everything um, from drag racing through to through to your hot rods, through to your, your rally cars, motorbikes, and everything in between. Um, we, we probably don't have all of those in the UK and Europe, um, but we've got a, a big wide selection of them. How important then are what we might call grassroots racing? We love the stuff at the top end. We, we love the IMSA and, and that, but, 
but a lot of your customers, possibly even the majority of your customers, are going to be at a level that is very much regional, local or national. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's the thing with VP is um, we support everybody. So we support, we've got a product for everyone. And I think, you know, like anything, you, you know, if you're a young racer, motorbike rider, whatever, you, you can look at what VP does and aspire. And I think actually our products, you know, fit so many categories. And you're right, you know, like I said, this weekend, you know, we've got, top flight rallying and we've got you know local amca um motocross and that really is the heart of vp um and i and that's why i love working for the company because i just think it's just it, it's just a product for everyone that is in motorsport track rod let's start there um the, the track rod motor club hence the track rod rally um 50 years old last year um what sort of cars if our listeners are going to head up uh, to Yorkshire at the weekend, what are we seeing? Because there's some classic stuff up up there running, uh, as yeah. well as some contemporary stuff. Absolutely, so there's a really good mix. Now, the contract that we've got is we support the British Rally Championship, so that's the top flight and the cream of British rallying. Um, and there's a lot of Irish guys have come over for it as well. And the history of that goes back sixty plus years. And we've seen some fantastic drivers, you know, Colin McRae, Ari Vatten, and um, go go through that. So we're actually fueling the um, the BRC cars uh, in that championship, um, but yeah, I, and I think that's so. It's, if that's a great thing, again, you'll see brand new um, M Sport built um, Fiestas uh, and uh, Volkswagens and Skodas, and then like you say, right through to to the classics. So there's a really good scope, and I think it's the evolution of rallying of, of where rallying is at in the UK now. But in some ways, that's going back to when I started uh, marshalling in rally I was a member of the Wickham and District Motor Club it was very active in getting out there uh, and not only teaching us about I mean we used to do little navigational rallies on the on the Wednesday night club at night around Stanley up in up in uh, County Durham um, but also we got out there and I marshalled on things like the Lombard back in the day that I know dear to me but we often used to have rallies around some of the same stages that, that the Yorkshire the track road will be on at the weekends um, in Dolby and, and round there where oh, I think the old Mintnex rally you would have the top flight cars but some of the national cars would be following on behind and, and in fact probably some of the same cars Tom because there'll be Mark II escorts and all sorts out there won't there Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, and, and first of all, great to hear that you, you marshaled. I've, I've, I've worked in motorsport for a number of years and, and I think, you know, marshals um, don't get enough credit. I think people don't understand the importance of marshalling. So I just wanted to say say that to all your listeners that um, never take marshalling for, for, for granted. Absolutely. So appreciate that. And, and, and yes, and absolutely. I think, you know, we've all grown up through different eras. You, you sound like you might be slightly older than me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I, I think that's that's a good thing, isn't it? You can you, know, you can see and remember the history of these cars and who drove them originally. And then, like you said, you've got the modern. And I think what's a great thing is now there's a lot of young, young guys and girls coming through who are actually want to drive the historics and the classics as well, which is amazing. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, I, and I think for some of us of a certain age, and I am certainly there, in fact, I was talking to Guy Smith relatively recently, 2003 Le Mans winner with Bentley. Uh, he was at Silverstone Classic doing a bit of... Uh, wandering around there when I was driving an old Chevron, and he's got a couple of old rally cars, and that's what he's he's running uh, at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, before he comes back, I think we've got a story coming from from him shortly. Um, so that's up in up in the 
northern part of the country, a um, little bit further south, the, the rally day this Saturday, September 25th, at Castle Coombe. Now, th- this is an extraordinary, uh, I think, an extraordinarily great idea. Um, uh, basically, um, taking over a racetrack, but to showcase rally cars. H- how did VP Racing Fuel get involved in that? Yeah, so um, my background is I worked at Castle Coombe Circuit for a number of years, and um, uh, you know, and I, I that's how I met relationship with VP. And you know, the Rally Day event um, is Europe's largest one-day rally festival now, um, and it, you know, it's I think it's the twentieth year, um, and it was all spur- spurned out of basically the remember the old foot and mouth. I don't know if you remember yeah. that in two thousand and one. Yeah. Um, but there was no motorsport. A little, a little bit similar to. <laughs> Unfortunately, we were with COVID. Um, so the guys um, decided that, you know, w- wouldn't it be great to try and get rally cars together mm. um, and people to see something, do something. And that's where it came from. And then it just grew from. from you know there. what, though, Tom? That, you talk about foot and mouth then. If you go back to the previous big outbreak of foot and mouth, long before you were around, I'm sure, that w- same thing, couldn't dr- do rallies around the country. And that started Rallycross. And so sometimes... Um, necessity is the mother of invention and it, and it, it happened exactly again it's tw- i mean it's 20 years since go now since that first one isn't it yeah yeah absolutely and, and exactly and that's and that's the thing so it's grown from there and um you know it, it, it tracks the cream now from rallying and uh, i think you know for the vp it was it was a natural step to showcase their products um across the whole range and the great thing is with with rally day you know you've got you've got your fans and your supporters that remember you know, Harry Vattenen out in the woods and all the group bean monsters. And you know, we've got products for all of these cars. And then obviously you've got, your, you know, you've got your, um, your modern day stars as well. People like Elf and Evans and people like that. So it's a really great showcase and it's nice and safe. You know, you can get up close to things. Cause obviously, as you know, if you've marshaled on rallying, it's great seeing it. You're out in the woods oh. for what, six, seven hours or eight hours or more. Yeah. And um, you catch a glimpse of a car every, every now and again. I, I'm I'm looking at uh, the Castlecombe page. Jimmy McRae, Nicky Gris, Gwyndaff, um, the Legend Stage, um, which is old and new rally cars on the yep. on a special stage track um, that uses a bit of the circuit and uh, part of the paddock area uh, yep. as well. I, I I think now from from reading this uh, that you can still go on the gate uh, and yes, pay on can. the gate on yeah. on the day. Um, yes. So excellent stuff. Um, Tiffany Dell, uh, my mate Tiff, will be there uh, as well. So I think uh, he's going to be down there. So all very impressive. That's on this Saturday. So what's the motocross then that you've just thrown at me there? Where's yeah, that going to so, be? Um, a, a local event near us, uh, near where I live in, uh, just outside of Gertz, Bristol. And um, I thought we'd kill two birds with one stone, really. Um <laughs> You know, motocross is, for us is huge in America, yeah, absolutely huge. massive. And we, I think everyone who wins in motocross is winning on our fuel. Um, and, you know, lots of these guys and girls, again, you know, they, they see the brand and they want to, you know, want to be part of that brand, the VP brand. And everyone loves our colourful uh, motorsport jugs. I don't know if you've seen them. Yeah, um, The reds and the yellows, people love that. So, yeah, it just seemed like a good opportunity. We want to do, again, more in grassroots. That's what, you know, that's what we want to try and build over here in the UK and Europe. And support these people. So, you know, we're going to offer some some um, some prizes, and and you know, and get to talk and meet more more people and find out what they want and what we can do to help them as their as they as they progress through their 
um, racing careers. Now, is that from a technical point of view, from a sponsorship point of view, or both there, Tom? It's a bit of both. I think you know some some of these um, you know some of these modern bikes now. You know they can be tuned and mapped, and they need the best fuel. Um, and that's you know that's part of what we want to get the message out there. Wow. That, you know the fuel can make a huge amount of difference to them. Some of the older bikes, again, we've got products that you know protect the engines and will help them on that. And again, yeah, sponsorship is very very key. Either it be something you know we can give away for free to someone to help them on their journey, mm-hmm. a bit of advice or, or, or whatever. But you know we've nurtured a lot of relationships, um, and that's something that VP is very good at. Fuel as a performance part, uh, you know, it, it's actually it's a no-brainer when you think about it and yet it gets overlooked that that's really interesting you, you said you don't have the the, the full portfolio uh, yet over here in the uk uh, and europe but do you do you have things like um stay frosty and, and uh, uh, over here in the uk the, the yeah coolant? absolutely yes yeah we have we've got the um octaniums and stay frosty and the coolants yeah that's um that's a huge part of what we do it's all available excuse me various um distributors and dealers and we work with a company called Old Hall Performance, yeah. um, and they've been selling it for a number of, number of years. And um, yeah, those products are fun. I mean, again, all I think this is all race proven, all track proven. Yeah, you know, in in America, um, all scientifically made for a purpose. And that that's the thing. You know, it's, this is not this isn't just rebranded. This is this mm-hmm. has been designed and manufactured for for a purpose for like you said to enhance performance, and that's all of our products are for. Well, and a lot of our listeners will take their road cars on track days, whether they're dailies or a more track-focused cars, I, I yep. have to say, having learned quite a lot about Stay Frosty, which is the official coolant of, of IMSA racing, uh, and knowing that it'll still protect down to minus 18 Celsius, uh, and yet it'll help your engine so much better. Why we're all not having that in our cars, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so the, the consultation... Uh, and the dialogue with with your customers, the competitors, continues. So does that mean? Well, so you're going to go to the motocross because that's closest to home at the weekend, or are you doing a couple of days out? Yeah, doing rally day. Rally day is obviously not too. Castle Coombe's not far for me. Um, it's only twenty minutes up the road. So yeah, I'll be there all day Saturday. Um, we've got um, yeah, we've got some customers there, and we'll obviously be meeting people and and um, handing out stickers and chatting to people about our products. And then, um, yeah, back home and then um, out, out to the motocross. I mean, I was at Goodwood Revival last week. I was at Santa Pod, I think, the week before. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, we, we are at events pretty much um, every weekend, but like yourselves probably, yeah. um, one way, shape, form or another. Well, um, anybody who goes down to Castlecombe Rally Day, go and see Tom out and tell him you heard him on Midweek Motorsport. He'll give you a sticker. I promise. Absolutely. <laughs> Tom, thanks for all the hard work that you and the team at VP Racing Fuels put in for all of motorsport, from, from literally from bottom to top. Have a great have a great VP Racing Fuels Motorsport weekend, and we'll speak to you thanks, in the near John. future. Next time you're up with Santa Pod, pop in for a cuppa. Take care. Thanks very much, John. Extra programme tonight following midweek motorsport and it's a Simcast special. We've got the normal Simcast show coming tomorrow night, but Matt Hunter joins us now live. He's rubbed himself down with warm halibut oil and ready for the excitement that is the Le Mans Virtual Series. And we've we've got a, a whole preview coming up uh, after the show tonight. Matt, welcome to Midweek Motorsport. <laughs> Thanks for having me, John. Things we do for sim racing, eh? Um, yes, we're really looking forward to this show. I think it's going to be uh, 
a lot of fun and lots of beverages on standby to make sure the throat doesn't get too dry. Excellent. That's what I, I like to hear. It, this is new for Le Mans Virtual. We've seen a couple of versions of the 24 hours. And let's, let's put aside the controversy and what's going on with the 24 hours of Le Mans and how they're looking at, at, at some of the other events. But this is a big move for them in going into a series rather than just a single event. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, we know the success of the uh, Le Mans virtual uh, event last year on, on our Factor 2. Um, pretty much all the all the established real-world teams uh, took part in that, which was great to see. Um, the series kind of... <sighs> Let's say the same but different because, mm. yes, there are some of the names returning from, from that event last year, but this very much does seem, from my standpoint at least, to be uh, more of an opportunity for a, mix, a, a healthy mixture of um, of uh, pro racing drivers and and the the, uh, the top echelons of sim racing as well. So we've got a really, really awesome mix and um, Jordan and I will be uh, taking everyone through that after uh, Midweek Motorsport. Yeah, uh, you, you guys have discussed the various machinations of, of what's going on with the ACO uh, and uh, and long distance racing at Le Mans in in the esports world. As I say, we'll, we'll leave that and people can go back and listen to the Simcast. Broadly speaking, though, they've amassed a decent set of talent here for the whole series, haven't they? Yeah, they really have. I mean, you know, there's not many uh, esports racing series out there that can that can boast a mixture of Formula One world champions, GT Pro drivers, IndyCar drivers, and Shane Van Gisbergen. Um, all in, you know, all on the grid at the same time. I mean, I'm not being funny. The SVG speaks for himself. He's awesome, and he's awesome in a car, and he's awesome in the sim. I mean, is there anything that guy can't do? Honestly, uh, we'll leave it to you to discuss that question with Jordan after the show tonight. <laughs> Matt, thanks for joining us for this brief one. Get all your notes together. We're looking forward to an hour and a half or so of, of your preview coming up later on. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much, John. Cheers. And Nick Damon is still with us uh, for a final chat about MotoGP. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wasn't that bad? They've been doing some uh, mid-season, mid-week testing, haven't they, Nick? They have, and uh, the big news is that after a year of not being really allowed to, we're seeing some of the uh, next year's bikes being tested, next year's engines. Uh, most uh, interesting of which, of course, was the new Honda, which has a different exhaust arrangement, a more showroom similar fairing. Apparently, apparently it's got a much more resemblance to the current Fireblade. Uh, Mark Marquez ran that round about half a second off. Uh, Joao Mir, who's running the new engine, I mean, not sure about the new chassis, was a little bit quicker. Um, yeah, the speed isn't particularly important. I mean, it's all about setting it up. And the other interesting thing was that we saw both Ralph Fernandez and uh, Remy Gardner uh, get their first go on the KTMs. Uh, take over from Ico Lacconi, who said he was mm, off about that. Uh, he was what? He was mm, off about that. All right. Is, uh, was that in a kind of kiss FM? Yes. I've, good I've, I've, I've literally given myself a seven-second delay. Yeah, very good. Uh, and, uh, yes, and the, and the answer is Ralph Fernandez to Remy Gardner, nil. Yeah, well, um, that... that... That that is the the, the truth. Uh, what else you got on two wheels, we uh, Tim? Be before we go to Catalonia, more, might be seeing some more of those uh, 2022 bikes before 2022 uh, oh, yeah. with Johan Mir, mightn't we, Nick? 
I don't know. I haven't read this one. Go for it. Uh, you may, may be using the 2022 chassis for the remainder of 2021. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry, chassis. Sorry, I think engine, they're not allowed not to the use the engine, so I was a bit confused. Then. No, yes. yes now, he, now, he's, now he has admitted there's no chance of him winning. Uh, he wants to, um, A, enjoy it, be more relaxed in the last four races. But, um, yes, they're going to run the chassis. Sorry, I got a bit confused about that. And very quickly, I, I was obsessed about engines. Obsessing about engines. What's Johan Zarco done this week? An arm pump, Sergio, isn't he? He oh, has indeed. It. And that's what we've got and time quickly, for. And quickly, no, no, you started bikes, so we have to finish, because it was World Superbikes at the weekend at Catalonia. And we had three different winners, Nick. Yes, we did. And the last one, being particularly surprising, was Michael Rubin Rinaldi coming through on the Ducati. Uh, it was one, the first one was won by Scott Redding with a fantastic uh, wet, dry, dry, wet. Oh, but uh, sorry, Bassani, so wet, drying. But Bassani course, was rack- the star of that. No, no, Top Rack was very unlucky, of course. He had a, um, I think a gearbox issue. No, a drivetrain issue. It wasn't gearbox. Mm. Yeah, right. And um, it was Johnny won the sprint. I, I, I did watch it. Johnny won the sprint from Top yeah. Rack from um, but, Alvaro Bautista. But, but in, yeah, despite, despite Top Rack's non-finish, because Johnny faded badly in both races, which must be a worry, to be honest, uh, Top Rack actually gained one point over the weekend. Yeah, uh, Scott Redding's uh, ride to third in... The, the second of the long races behind Top Rack and um, Rinaldi uh, was just Michael Rubin and Rinaldi was just superb in yeah, the... they, they they chose the less soft tyre didn't they and it, mm. and it just came in it came in about I 12 really... 24 laps I think you and I sat and watched um, race one together um, and, and I enjoyed it and I thought Reading was back to his absolute best it leaves Top Rack Raz Gadlioglu, uh, a point ahead of Jonathan Rear and 50-odd points uh, ahead of Scott <laughs> Redding. And Michael Rubin Rinaldi is, well, you know, 100-odd points back. So it's still between Top Rack and Jonathan Rear for yeah, but, uh, the championship. One, so one, before we go, the one thing, we, was, one thing I wasn't happy about was there were a lot of nasty accidents over the weekend. There were. Um, Chaz Davis has broken two ribs. He's being replaced by Loris Baz in the next race. I haven't had an update, but Tom Sykes had to stay in hospital um, overnight with concussion. Uh, and, and we never saw um, Alex hurt himself as well. Yeah. So uh, uh, it wasn't just British drivers. A, a lot of people went down. And I think someone wanted to have a little look at why that suddenly happened. It wasn't the wet weather either. It was just they were going down at weird points. Well, and the worst accidents were in the dry races, in fairness. Yeah. That's yeah. all we've got time for tonight. As you heard, Matt and Jordan are uh, lubing themselves up. Yeah. For Stop it. <laughs> Uh, for for their special on the Le Mans Virtual Series that is replete with exceptional drivers from both the world of esports and uh, full metal racing. This weekend, uh, we have uh, we have Long Beach on imsaradio.com. Get over there to see what the times are Friday night and Saturday night if you're in the UK. And uh, we're also doing a bit of... Aren't we doing a bit of eSports as well this weekend? Oh, no, it's uh, NLS, NLS this weekend as well. Yeah, With, uh, NLS this weekend. Johnny and Snowy this weekend for that. Okay. Uh, thank you to Tim Gray, to all of our guests, particularly Von Son Foss, uh, for taking the time out to correct me on what I was meant to be asking him uh, and we'll be back next Wednesday but don't forget log on to uh, imsaradio.com and radio-show.co.uk for all the weekend's action, see you then, bye bye 
This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, subscribe to Midweek Motorsport wherever you get your podcasts.